JJK Chronicles, a Jujutsu Kaisen podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chad. I am Ronnie, and also very impressed with that flawless execution of an thank intro. Thank you, thank you. I wrote it out. I've Did got you? it completely Did written out, and I practiced it ten cheating. times. That's kind of cheating. That's eh, not you. cheating. Well, it's a little bit. I mean, being prepared is not cheating. And I agree with that. Okay. I agree with that. I was going to say being prepared is you get points for that. It's a slick move, though, because I I have never known you to prepare in such a way. So I thought, oh, is he going to is he going to remember the name? How we would do it? New show? Does he remember? Some people call me PC Prepared Chad. No one calls you that. Season two, episode one, hidden inventory. What did you think about the episode, Ronnie? Wow, what a what a ride. I mean, this is this is what's fun with going into a show where you don't if you're new around here, first off, we're anime only, so we haven't read the manga. We didn't know what was coming. We have watched the film, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, but we you know, I haven't researched this show a whole lot. It's kind of been out of my life for two years. We did a little pop quiz before we watched it, running down the list of character names to see how many we could get right yeah. or close to right. And I think we did okay. Yeah, but, we did all right. You, I had to say Itadori. I had to like say that to you a few times. I don't think you did that Sukuna. either. Because, no, I think we nailed those. Now, what we did have a problem with was that uh, that other class that oh, came out of nowhere one. in season one. I don't think we got a single one of those. But our our main staples, baddies and goodies, you're wearing the shirt right now, I think we nailed them. Yep. And all of that was very pointless because they're not in <laughs> yeah. the season, it looks like. Except for Gojo and Ghetto. That's pretty much it, right? <laughs> right. Well, and the principal. And the principal yeah. that I still don't really know. I don't know his yeah, name. I've got it written down in here. Okay. We'll get to it. All right. Um. But yeah, it, you know, this is one of those things, dumbass roommate Kyle, for those of you that are new listening here, it, it was my ex-roommate. Yeah, and he's a dumbass. Right. And he talk, we talk about anime with, well, not with him, but... He, I would hate talking about anime with him. He texted me asking how I liked the episode, and I said, it was pretty good. What did you think? And he he goes, well, I read up on that it's probably just going to be a few episodes uh, of this backstory here, and then we can go right back into the present. Interesting. And that was actually a pretty good tidbit he gave me. Cause yeah, but he's a. we said it right up front, Chad. He's a dumbass. He so is. what do we actually know? It could be very wrong. could be very wrong. What I do like about this, though, is that they did mention multiple times about some incident in season one, mm-hmm. and it just seems like we're going to be going right into that. Well, and then the ending was one of the most exciting parts for me, because I, oh, yeah. I love a show lore. I love seeing, and we were already getting that, and then we just get another little piece with Fushi's dad right there at the end getting ahead of myself, but we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. With Konodio as his voice actor. So all of that to say... I'm excited for the season. You know, we we kind of, I felt like, petered out near the end of season one because we were like, okay, I don't know if this is a perfect show to podcast episode by episode, but we've heard good things going into season two. And when I saw the direction it was going, I wasn't mad about it. I was okay. like, all right, saddle up. Let's go. Let's go then. Let's just get right into it. We've got Ghetto, okay? That's who we start out with. Uh, he's just walking along the street. He's very menacingly as he walking along the street. And we get a cursed spirit springing up. And he says they've been springing up like maggots mm-hmm. because of the disasters last year. 
because we know that any bad disasters, bad emotions springs up these curses. So he's walking now down a creepy dark alley and he starts to absorb and exercise one of these things with absolute ease. This thing is child's play to him. Very well. Also, he picked the good one to go after because that scoliosis curse was wasn't even paying attention. It was so it was like me knees deep in some food like I completely unaware of my surroundings and I would like to feel bad for the guy that was getting eaten. But why was he in that alley? What was he doing there? And right. And if Ghetto didn't seem too concerned about that guy. You know what I mean? No, well, I think that Ghetto's been around the block enough that, well, first of all, he wasn't a jujitsu sorcerer, and we know that uh, Ghetto's a little Adolf about that yeah. sort of thing. And then second of all, he probably thought the same thing I did, which is, what were you doing down here in the first place? If you were getting chased by this thing, why did you run down an alley? Right. He wouldn't be able to see it though, right? If he was just a normal person. That's a good point. But have we seen that a whole lot where like curses are just like going down the middle of the street, getting people? No. So I'm, I guess that's kind of what I'm wondering. You know, like that would be horrible. And why would they not just all be doing that all the time? If you could just be, you know, shooting some baskets at the local park and then all of a sudden you're just getting eaten and you don't see right. what's eating you. So I, what I'm thinking is that this is a dark alley where drunks go, okay. crackheads, people yeah. that are very lonely and depressed, and that is why this curse sprung up. And Ghetto was already talking about how vile it was to eat. He did say that. He said, the taste of them is like swallowing a dirty rag that was used to clean up shit and vomit. That is a absolutely disgusting but yet really poetic way to describe the taste of it. And in the, it, like I like how... I hear that and I go, ugh, yucky. What I like about it is that he didn't just say the taste of shit and vomit. He said the taste of a rag right. that cleaned up shit and vomit. Because that's what he did. He exercised it, therefore cleaning it up. But then the other po- part that he didn't mention was the fact that, like you said, this guy that was getting eaten was probably a drunken druggie. So how does that impact the taste as well? Oh, man, I'm sure it probably got him high a little bit, if I'm being honest. But yeah, he just eats the thing. Even though it tastes that bad, he continues to do it. He's done this so many times. We've seen him absorb things before in the film. And you would think if he was this good or like this used to doing this, he could make them into a little bit of a smaller ball. Because that was a that looked like it was tough. It was to a swallow. big gulp. It was tough to swallow. You think that he would work on making it just a you know a little bit of an easier pill to get down. It's like when you take a big bite of steak, but it's just all fatty. So it's like tough because cause it's, it's so much fat in your mouth. You want to cut the, the fat up a little bit. That's terrible. Um, but yeah, he continues to do it. He says, ever since that day, he's been telling himself that he became a sorcerer to save people. Right. So are you, we are supposed to assume that this is present time, right? Yes. This is present time. He, he looked older. Yeah, At least yeah. when they showed his face, he, he did not look like he was in juju high right you know? right he looked like present time like he's and I like was, a, he's being a sad boy because his plans have failed so far yes yeah because i mean that's i guess we got a couple different timelines going because we have the film now too so i'm assuming but are you taking this as after season one yes okay that's how i'm taking it. yeah yeah i agree it then gets ominous as we see him and Go- gojo and we see that it's like a weird dynamic because 
the way they portray it, it's not like they're rivals or anything. I, I think I said that in the reaction, that they were rivals. But it's more so like, are they friends? Well, I think that I liked kind of what I said, which I like a lot of the things I say because I think I'm right in an extraordinary amount of times. But you were like, oh, they're kind of rivals, but we know that they're in their second year of school. So, one, they still have all kind of different things to go through as a duo. So that's going to bring them closer together. But then they're also both so strong, I think, that there's a little... It's like friendly competition. And even to it's the point... It's almost like Goku and Vegeta now. I think it started as friendly competition. They kind of were bros. But now, obviously, they're on different sides. But they always have kind of a sweet spot for each other. And that's why Gojo yeah. in the film did not kill him. Right. Get, that's yeah. why yeah. Gojo knows what he... What good he used to do. So he just can't... He can't let that go. Oh, that's and that's pretty sad. Mm-hmm. It makes him more sad. I, in season one, you don't feel for the guy, but when you watch the film, you understand him a little bit. Exactly. We then go to a VHS uh, tape setting of some sort, and it's of an ex-former president's house. Okay. One of the more fun ways we've ever been taken into, into a flashback. Yeah. I love a good VHS look. Very nostalgic film. for you know our age. Right. I mean, I we're the last generation that were. We really are like on VHS any, tapes. I would say that if you're maybe I'll, I'll go twenty five. Twenty five. You know what? The age twenty five. Like if you're younger than twenty five, there's a good chance that you don't remember VHSs at all. Now there I, there's there's exceptions. Maybe yeah. I would 24. say and the only reason I would change that a little bit is because my brother. 24 and he's in plenty of vhs tapes but no way if you're below 20 wouldn't believe it mm-hmm. like maybe even then, some baby footage think about how many your brother actually dealt with he might have only dealt with like a year or two of like actually putting in a vhs oh i see yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. using i'm talking about using i guess right because yeah, i barely think, even like, remember using yeah what do you think the most like modern movie that like, for me, it was probably the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. I feel like that's the last VHS tape I remember getting. You got that on VHS? Yeah. Do you still have it? Please tell me you do. That is a... I probably do. It's that probably is timeless. in a closet somewhere. I had it on DVD. I can fully remember that. Really? Dude, may... no, I think it was VHS. I could be wrong. I think you're wrong on that one. I'm not trying to be mean about it, but I when... think you're wrong. All right, keep going. I'm, I'll do a little background research. So, apparently, this ex-president, uh, he, he liked cows, okay? And mad cow disease just went rampant through his restaurants. Well, here's the tricky part, right? It was a barbecue restaurant, but that's what they don't tell you, is that the mad cow disease, it'll get the pigs, too. Right, and do you think... Uh, actually, that doesn't make it... It doesn't... It's not that deep. It literally just happened, oh, and wow. then they said... <laughs> I was about to go really deep on this side story of the sex president, but they say this one sentence and then it's over with. But yeah, he closed them down, and then what did he do in that situation because of that happening? He and his family killed themselves, okay? I like to think, now they said he and his family killed themselves. I like to think that he went on a rampage killing his family before he then killed himself. That seems well. That seems way more likely. That would be a lot of cursed energy to make this mansion what it becomes. Because, yeah, it stinks that your popular barbecue restaurant goes down the shitter because of mad cow disease. But if you're a 17-year-old, you know, young man, 
you that's don't, not a reason you don't really to kill care. yourself. Yeah, you're probably like, sorry, Dad. Like, I don't surely, still have money. Yeah, surely you got your own stuff going on. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't like thinking of this either, but if you got a wife who's married to a hotshot restauranteur, if it goes downhill, she could probably find another another man somewhere. And this is an ex-president. And an ex-yes. Pretty wild. An ex-first lady. You're telling me if Barack, you know, something happened to him, Michelle's not finding another dick? I, I mean... Because she is. Yeah, she is. This, uh, this mansion here has some very dark arts vibes, and... It's very creepy. People keep visiting it though. And when they do, they don't they don't return. They're gone. Yeah, we have we got every town has one of these. And we've got one for sure. Do you remember what it's called? I do did, not refresh my brain. Did you ever go to one of these? Maybe it wasn't I went to a, like a gravesite or something. Yeah, so the one that was very popular around my school was a place called Hell's Church. Yes, that's what it was. You were probably so stoned out of your mind that you don't remember going, but... A lot of stones there, correct. <laughs> but yeah, and it was legitimately creepy. You know, it was probably built up a little bit more. I just remember we had to go down to the old part of town, and then you got on like a single lane road, and you were driving slow, but it also felt like you were just on there for 10 minutes. No houses oh, yeah. around, and then all of a sudden you just pull up on this church that had a single light bulb on like right in front of the front door mm-hmm. and you pull up and on the right side is the church and then on the left side is just a very dark graveyard i went one time my friend knocked on the door i stayed in the car because i was so scared I, and then we left and i never went back it was just you and one person no uh, it was a group it's about to say you and one person that's very ballsy of you yeah it was four so it was much more reasonable by the way spongebob square pants movie is on vhs Let's go. That's huge. I guess it, I mean, it obviously was on DVD as well, but I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was 2004, so it was really that time where. M- most things were turning DVD. Yeah, but. you were a really big ball. We actually talked about this the other day um, because one of our friends at work was saying that we were privileged white kids, which I don't, I don't know why he said what? that. Because we had, yes, so we had the machine that was half VHS, half DVD player, okay? Yes, my parents did pretty well. So we go back into the vehicle where this tape is being played, and we have three young ladies. And they start talking about the rumors, and uh, they talk about multiple people becoming victims to this mansion. Are you having some indigestion issues? Are you okay? I'm good. Maybe if you stop drinking all this fucking sparkling water. (laughs) Good lord, just... It's okay if it doesn't have bubbles in it one time. But dude, I love you're just afraid of bubbles is what you're saying. It's just ridiculous. Sometimes just a cup of water will do you fine. So yeah, they found this out though and they're sending these sorcerers to sort it out cuz obviously there's some cursed energy going on here. So there's a lady in a suit and a lady in a beautiful Japanese gown. You're very traditional it seems like. Uh the gown lady begins to make a veil when they're walking up to this mansion, but is stopped by the other person saying there's no need for that. She's saying, I don't sense anything right now. It's got to be inside. Mm-hmm. We don't need a veil. Come on. I mean, I knew this from the start. So they go inside this mansion, and it looks like a horror house in here. 
okay? It looks like one of those televised series where you just see trash everywhere, chicken wings just laying on the ground that have probably been there for four months. Uh, it just looks bad, okay? It looks bad. I don't understand. We'll go through this house at quite a length. There is so, <laughs> there is so much food here. It's like everyone just grabbed food and they're like, "Oh, let's just uh, let's just go to the haunted mansion yeah. and grab a bite." It is. It's like everyone picked up KFC before they went to the haunted mansion. Right. They were like, "Oh, let's all let's stop at the gas station, get seventeen of our favorite items, and then we'll just have a snack there." So this whole entire sequence though, of them walking through the house is it's just like an, a uh, a jump scare film. That's how they're filming it. You know, like the, those uh. Those films where all it does is just lead you straight into a jump scare, and well, you're just waiting on it. I know what you mean, but I think you misspoke, because I do not count those as films at all. They're you're movies, right. and they're cheap tricks that Ronnie does not get down with. Correct. There's a lot of cheap tricks there. The good thing about this right here, though, is that they film it like this, but there never is a jump scare. Now, um, I don't. I think you might have already passed the part where this line was said, but I thought it was interesting. The woman in the suit, which we will get to her, her name is May, I think. She it was pretty May easy. May. Well, I think first, last name. So I, I'm definitely not going to call her May May because that would be ridiculous. That's what they call her. Or My My. M-E-I, M-E-I. Uh, my My. Or May May. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm going <laughs> to call her May. And uh, until further notice, at least, she tosses uh, Iori the flashlight and she says here because it makes a comment like i don't need it and i was like because she's she... not scared she's a okay but just she's you're an not independent scared, woman just because you're not scared doesn't mean that you don't need i don't know sight it doesn't mean that going through this place isn't easier with a bit of sight on your side am i wrong i mean are you scared of the dark is that what yeah, you're well, a little bit, yeah. Traversing no, I mean, you are right. It is weird that she said that. It is daytime outside, though. I mean, the light is coming through the windows. I don't know. There were some dark hallways, is all I'm saying. I didn't know if there was something bigger at play or not. Well, she tells the younger gal to check out the second floor while she checks out the first floor. Mm-hmm. Okay? Obviously, that scares her. She's like, oh, we're separating like that? But she goes, and she starts opening a bunch of doors, and as soon as she opens the door, she just starts making the noise, hoya, hoya, mm-hmm. hoya. I great way to open a door in a haunted house. Great way to open up a door in a haunted house or when you're scared. I did that plenty. If when I was, who am I kidding? I was going to say when I was home alone in the early stages of that time, but I still do this probably three years ago. If I'm home alone and it's dark and I'm going, th- I think I hear something. I'm definitely opening up the door going, you do it. Yep. Or if I'm playing another great move when you can use this hide and seek. If you ever play hide and seek in the dark and you're worried, worried that someone's just going to jump scare you because they know that they're getting ready to be found. You beat them to the punch. Yes. So you just go around the house, you know, open up closet doors going, I, and sometimes you just do this. You go, I see you. And then no one's there. <laughs> no one's there. And yeah, 90% of the time, no one's there. Until you get to the room where they're finally there. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my friends taught me back in the day that what you have to do in those situations when you're home alone and you think you hear somebody and you're a little scared is you just have to act like the maniac. Okay? 
okay? You just you literally go around. You're like, oh, I'm gonna kill you. Yeah. I'm gonna kill you. You just start chanting like that, and like, I know you're in here. I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna. Yeah. And you just start acting completely no. crazy. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, it, and because that also gets your adrenaline going. Yeah. And it's like, it's a fake facade that also gets you in the right mindset to where you're ready to kill someone. Oh, dude, you get in that when you start the fake facade out. You start off scared, and by the end of it. You're like having fun with it. You're like you're in a good zone. Yeah, yeah. So I used to do that a lot. I would just start saying random, just stupid, dumb stuff. <laughs> she finally gets to a room though where I thought the jump scare was gonna happen. Chad, the likelihood of us getting out of this haunted mansion without Ronnie being jump scared at some point was insurmountable. The fact that I was able to do it is great. They didn't do it, and for they that, do I, give the, I give the show a yeah, hand. Yeah, because she looks under the bed, and it's just three rats. Three rats chilling. And that's the thing about jump scares. A lot of times, even though it was rats, it would still go... Oh, yeah, and, and, the, go, and oh. the rat would run at the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like I go, It oh. didn't even do that. It didn't even do it. It just calmly showed the rats, and then I was on the edge of my seat. She starts backing up, and then they could have done the jump scare where it's just May, and she goes, what are you doing? They didn't do that. She's just standing there. Yeah. So they both realize, though, that they're walking in a continuous loop. Okay. And this animation, I forgot right here, when she's backing away from the door and everything, they're pulling out some crazy animation. They did it a few times. They did it a few times in this mansion. I don't know if it's like 3D that they're pulling off right here, but whatever it is, it looks really good. It's new and unique. I like it. Yeah. May comes to the conclusion that they are probably in the beast of a belly. (laughs) Wait, let me think about that. In the beast of a belly. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So it's essentially like there's a beast inside one's belly. And they're also inside that. No, I just typed it wrong. No, I know that. belly of a beast. (laughs) I know that. I was just trying to think of what you said, if we could make some sense of that. Belly of a beast. Beast of a belly. I mean, there could be, yeah. Beast of a belly. There could be a just beast inside of a belly that's what i was trying to help you very out very much so and if you think about it in terms like this the beast is going to pop up the whole house could be considered the belly so maybe that's how maybe that's what i meant might have been so she says it's not an innate domain though it's a barrier and she believes that the victims were just trapped in this barrier and then eventually killed so that would suck very hard if you just got trapped in here in an endless loop and then eventually the thing came and got you. Right. And it got me, so when they start talking about this hallway and they're making continuous loops, it got me thinking, right? Something that's popped up these past few years that everyone wants to go do are these escape rooms. So here's a business idea. Let me know what you think about it, okay? Maybe we add it to our Ronnie and Chad theme parks when we get big. We've got a movie production studio in the works, and I also think we should have a theme park, even though I know you don't do roller coasters. Okay. This isn't a roller coaster, so maybe you can really be the front of this project. We start off with just what looks like an ordinary storefront, okay? But when you go inside, what you don't see is it's got a long hallway off the back of the storefront that stretches five miles, okay? Now... It seems like some expensive constructive cost, but you see some of the things that like Disney World does. We can afford this once we get big. Just a five-mile hallway. It's not that wide. What we do 
is we dress up the hallway every, you know, 100 yards or so. We just repeat the pattern, okay? So then what we do is we get everyone, maybe we have like a really nice golf cart that we put people in, we blindfold them. We drive two and a half miles to the very center of the hallway. We put them in there, and then we say, all right, get out. And then we just watch chaos ensue because they keep getting back to the same spot. And they're like, well, if we just keep going in this direction, eventually we're going to get to the end. But that's the thing about five miles or two and a half miles each direction. It's a pretty long way. They're going to be like, well, this place can only be so big. Yeah, there's no way that this place is five miles long. Yeah, they're, they're going to start think, crunching the numbers. They're going to be like, the cost that it would make to do a five-mile hallway would be insane. <laughs> yeah. There's no way Ronnie and Chad did that. But we have. <laughs> but we have, yes. And we make so much money off of that, right? Yes. Okay. For the first weekend until someone makes a TikTok about it and then people stop coming. Right. Yeah, yeah. Cause It'd be one TikTok. <laughs> now that I think about it, once the once you let the rabbit out of the hat, it's kind of people won't be coming as much. Well, maybe you just never let them get out. There you go. Yep. They can never get out. That's an idea as well. So she questions her on how she would get out of this, to which she starts using a bunch of candy. Okay. She eventually comes to the conclusion, well, let's just bust out of the window. No, she doesn't come up with it. That, that was, was Ronnie's that idea. That was Ronnie's idea. Yeah, pretty good. Very still. good idea. But it comes to the point where she says, you're almost there. What we have to do is run in opposite directions at the same time down the hallways. L- what would have happened if they busted out of the window? I don't know. The, why did, they should have at least thrown a rock or something. Yes. I don't know. Okay. So... They sprint and bust out, causing the entire building to collapse. But wait, it wasn't them. It was actually Gojo, correct, that did this? Or was it them? I took it as... Did they actually do it? Or did... She's saying, oh, it's working, but then Gojo's there. Like, he did something. I took it as Gojo and Ghetto had already been there, figured out the same thing, had already gotten past, like, the the mansion part of it and we're just kind of like lollygagging okay it's kind of how i took it like i think what they did i think legitimately worked i think they got out of the trap but gojo had just already done it and they were yep and that's when goju's standing there with this small beautiful self he looks so young man it's a weird scene how long has it been do you think so uh, what do we think about like year the year ones that we know they're probably 15, 16. Yeah. Like Itadori. So, Gojo, I would say, is maybe 25-ish. Okay. Maybe a little younger. He's at least, he's definitely in his 20s, for sure. Yeah. So, he's probably... You 23 know, It's to probably 25. like 8 to 10 years ago, I would guess. Okay. Rough estimate. Yeah, that's probably right. And then we go straight into the OP. What did you think about the OP? It was chill. It was chill. It's one of those where it, there's a lot of anime OPs that are just super chill that I could just sit back and watch and right. listen to and be like, oh, this is a pretty good tune. That's what it it made me think of. I've only heard it twice, I guess, but to me it would just be like one. There's some OPs that are like super hype, but I wouldn't be able to just play on a Spotify playlist because I would feel like I'm getting ready to watch the show. Like it, mm-hmm. It's a song that 
only works in the anime. It doesn't stand alone. This song, to me, kind of stands alone, where it's not going to get me super hyped, but I could just be at work listening to this. Yeah, it's just like a regular track. I like Gojo sticking his tongue out in it. They had some little goofy stuff. Uh, he looked pretty cool doing it. That was one of the things I had to take right. away from Men's it. tongues. Gotcha. So, no. I said Gojo's, well, not men. You the, said men's, plural. That's true. I did. And Gojo does kind of... Say man tongues. He's his own being, so that's fine. So, we come back to see Gojo, and it starts you know, showing us how, what year they are at Jujutsu High and all that, and it says... Gojo's a second year. It then goes to Utami is the other girl's name. Utahami? Is it Utahami or Utami? We'll say Utahami. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't feel right to me. I don't know how I would correct you. I just know that we gotta we gotta get she, somebody to help us pronounce these. her her first name or last name. It's so confusing in Japan. Was just I O R I, and we've. I've had a character like that before, so I was like, okay, Iori. I'm just going to call her Iori? That. All right, I'll call her Iori Utahami when I'm talking about her. She's a second-grade sorcerer, and the sassy girl, Meimei, yeah, is May. a first-grade sorcerer. So, Meimei was fine after the collapse, though. You, Utah- You're really going to go Meimei, huh? <laughs> That's what they said. Fine. May was fine after the collapse. Iori, though... She kind of had trouble with it where she fell, almost had a bunch of debris fall on her. But May, being a first grade sorcerer, she was just standing up top like Gojo, being all swaggy. I think that that's the thing to do in this show. When you're just better than somebody, you just got to like stand above them. Right. And act like you didn't even have to breathe sprinting down the hallway. That's what I would do. Yeah. Um, and right when that happens, though, a curse springs up behind Iori. But... Ghetto absorbs it right right in time, and it says that Ghetto is also a second year. Same year as Gojo. Hey, right there. Beast in the belly. Beast in the belly, yeah. There you go. It worked. I knew I was right. So these th- three just seem like pros compared to Yori. That's what I have here. I mean, they're flexing on her. Obviously, they have like a year on her, correct? She a newbie? She's a rookie? Well, so that's... Or is this woman even in Juju High? No, so that's what's confusing, right? I thought, like, she's already graduated. That's where I'm confused. Like, they call Goko second year, right? Who's, you mean Ghetto? What did I say? Goko. Yeah, that was a combination of Gojo and Ghetto. Yeah. They're second year sorcerers, is what they're called, right? Yeah, yeah. They're second years. But then you have But then they just call them sorcerers. But then they have second grade sorcerer. Mm-hmm. Do you know a, Do you know the difference? Like, is that the same I thing? I mean, I know like Nanami was a is a second grade sorcerer. Right. So that's to me was saying that Iori had like graduated, like she's just doing her Sorcery. own thing. Yeah. Because I think the only one that's seems to be on the same level as Geto and Gojo are is Shoko that we're getting ready to meet. Okay. Yes, that's what we do though. Right here, we meet Shoko, and she's a second year, mm-hmm. and she's got a cigarette in her mouth. She got one of that those... she never smokes. Doesn't God, this is so. so cool, dude! If you want to be cool with cigarettes, you put one in your mouth. You never smoke it. It's actually, I mean, it is kind of cool. It's better than smoking one. I'll say that. Um, don't do those. Or dude, if you do, oh, if you do this right here, 
you've got a cigarette in your mouth, you've had it in there for like an hour, people are thinking, are they ever going to smoke that? Yeah. You light it up, don't even take a puff, you throw it on the ground, put it out, and walk away. Right. See, now my only problem with that, and we don't know Shoko great right now, we got to still meet with her, is it's very indie film of her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that is something that a character in an indie film would do, is like, yeah, I just... I keep this in my mouth knowing as a way of saying that it could kill you, but only if you let it. <laughs> so true. That was perfect. You could, you should write an indie film. <laughs> uh, we then find out though, that it's been two days since they entered the mansion. Okay. It had one of those, it's like chainsaw man. The, uh, had like a little time warp curse magicry with it. And so that right there is also why I think being a uh, second year sorcerer and a second grade sorcerer are two different things because May, she was like contracted to do this because they talk about how Mm. she um, will try and squeeze out every little last dime. And she also says that when they say that they've been in there two, two days, she's like, oh, that's another way that I can say, oh, it took longer than I thought. So I need more money. And, um, well, it, I mean, Gojo in present time, like he'll be ranked once he's done with school, right? Is that how it works? I think so. But, but I also they've think said his like, rank in season one. And I want to say it was like Buzz Lightyear sorcerer. Yeah. <laughs> and it might've just been first grade and there's a lot of first grades, but he's still like Buzz Lightyear compared to. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, I just think like the difference, I think Gojo and Ghetto being here, they're here for school business. And they're not getting paid, whereas May, as we see, who's obsessed with getting paid. Right. She was, like, contracted to do this. And she would contract herself out on OnlyFans if she was in our world, for sure. She talks about money very much. Don't want to miss an opportunity. I'd subscribe. I know you would, Ronnie. I know you would. She could be my 37th subscription. We then see on the local news the next day that they are talking about the building explosion and the gas pipes, okay? The principal in current times is now just the teacher here. His name is Yaga Masamichi. Okay, Yaga. He's a first grade sorcerer. (laughs) They need more levels. They need more levels. We need to refurbish ourselves on the levels as well because I've kind of forgotten. All I know is first and second grade. Um, but yeah, he asks who forgot about the veil, who forgot, to, who forgot about the veil. And it turns out it was Gojo. And I'm kind of confused on that. Part right. Either. Right. Cause May said that they didn't need a veil, but at some point did they need a veil? I think just a veil to hide from, uh, you just want to hide that disaster from the public. Right. That's okay. all. That's all you want to do, and Gojo was supposed to do that. He's obviously powerful enough. He could do that easily, mm-hmm. and he just didn't do it. So he's like, really, dude? Like, You're better than all of us, but you didn't do a simple thing like that. That's, it's I like, think, how I took it. It's exactly like showing your work in school. When teachers are like, oh, show your work, it's like, well, teacher, we it was nine times nine. I did not need to show my work. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, you only... No, put nine plus nine plus nine plus nine. <laughs> They're like, no, this is school. We've learned things that you won't need when you're a professional podcaster. So even though you got the right answer, you're mm-hmm. wrong, incorrect. 
So he gets a good bonking on the head, and then they move on, okay? That's when we go to the basketball gym. This is a little bit later in the day, I, I presume. Gojo says that it doesn't really matter because normies can't see curses anyway. and that, So that, that's what his whole point here was. He was basically saying, he's like, I don't, why does it matter if I put the veil up? Yeah. They think it was a gas explosion. Right, right. <laughs> they don't know it's from they, a curse. All they did was see a mansion explode. They didn't yeah. see any googly monsters. Yep. And uh, that's when Ghetto says, society should be survival of the fittest. Uh oh. He doesn't like the weak, okay? Because they have to worry about putting veils up like that. Uh-oh. The only thing a sorcerer is actually doing is protecting the weak. And Gojo was like, man, I do not talk politics. So. <laughs> and this is They're both having some crazy basketball shots in the middle of the speech about morals here. And uh, that's when Gojo tells him to quit making, he says, quit making yourself feel better by spouting bullshit. Which is weird because Gojo was kind of like on that line of what Ghetto was saying, but Ghetto just took it way too far. Right. It's like Gojo was kind of joking, but not really joking, and Ghetto was like the guy. It's like when you say a conspiracy to somebody, and somebody that's super into that conspiracy yes. can't even joke about it. They're so into it. Right. If that makes sense. It, exactly. No, I know what you mean. I'm also thinking about how they should be ashamed that they're no better at basketball with access to a gym like this. I know. I mean, I would be in there just drilling. Yeah, they're throwing it. Day. They're throwing it like a baseball at the goal, but it's still somehow going in. They have a full court basketball gym, and they're just in there chucking up half court shots and doing just lazy around, drives. Yeah. I would be euro stepping. I would do. 10 laps of Euro steps if I had that gym. So right when they're about to start fighting, our teacher walks in. What was his name again, Ronnie? Yeah, Yaga. Yaga, correct. Good job. And is like, who the fuck's been shooting piss missile basketball <laughs> shots in here? <laughs> but they find out that they've been assigned a mission and they've got to work together. He's like, how is it that I've been watching you guys on camera? I've only seen you take five jump shots, but yet I can see the marks on the rim and it the balls hit the rim 736 times. Yeah. <laughs> so he gives them their mission deal. And this is like the probably the most important part of the episode. Okay. In season one, there was a bunch of Gojo doesn't really like the higher ups. He knows they're fishy. They've got some stuff going on. This kind of. This stuff right here, I don't think Yaga's a bad person. Mm -hmm. I just think he's following orders and doesn't really question authority. Gojo's okay. thinking, what's really going on? And can I tell you how like how messed up I can get in anime when we're doing, obviously, reading subtitles? I got on board about halfway through this whole expository speech and this mission that was given. But if you go back, I can't remember who's talking over who. I don't, there might have been something on the TV. It started with subtitles up top and subtitles on the bottom. And it's the classic dilemma of, oh my god, which ones do I read? From that point on, for the next five minutes, I was confused. You've got to always focus on the bottom. The top part is always the background noise that never really matters. But see, so they trick you though sometimes. Sometimes they, it does. Sometimes it does. Well, and I'm not even saying that sometimes it's flip flopped. I'm just saying I am an OCD person in the sense of if 
if I start something, I want to finish it. So they put the top ones up there first. So I start, and then they put the bottom ones, and I got to finish the top I before know. I move to the bottom. But the top is always just like, oh, I'm picking up some celery at the grocery store. The breaking news. Yeah. So what he is saying right here, though, is that Tengen-sama, who is an immortal being has asked for them to complete this mission. He's asked personally. The other thing that messed me up, we don't know who Tengen is, right? We've never seen no. him. This is not something that... No, he, he's a higher up yeah. that... I don't even know if his name was mentioned in right. season one, but it, it was alluded to several people like this. Okay, so that was the other problem, is I could not stop picturing Demon Slayer Tengen with yeah, yeah. eye makeup and you know, listening powers and plowing seven wives. So they have to get the star vessel, which is a woman that they must erase. She's compatible with Tengen, okay? Now this is where things, I don't know if they're just spewing stuff, if we've heard something similar to this in season one. But they have to renew Tengen's technique. Um, He doesn't have eternal youth, but a cursed technique for immortality. Right. So this is very So complex. he does get older and everything. He's He gets older, but what I've come to under like what they made it say it's an interesting concept, it's just super confusing when you're getting it all shot yawned at you. He'll live forever, but so say I'm Ronnie and I have this power. Eventually I live so long that I cease to being Ronnie and I become someone new unless I get if unless I reset myself. Yes, after his body ages to a certain point, the curse technique begins rewriting his body. Yeah. Because so, he's becoming so old, so wise, yeah. Yeah, so everything, At, he's, mm-hmm. he, he is basically becoming a higher being. At some point, I just become Charles. Yeah. Unless I reset Sir myself. Charles, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he'll become a higher being, but then he won't have any will to live. I mean, which make, kind of makes sense. Like, if you live forever and you start doing things, it's just like, what's the point of this? If I... Right. If I'm not going to die. like If you lose your touch to humanity and you're yeah. just in an immortal beating, being, why would you do anything other than just like worry about yourself? And you don't even have to worry about yourself because you're immortal. Mm-hmm. Sir Charles is a real dick, by the way. Tengen controls all the schools and the barriers keeping them safe. That is a very interesting point right here. Is It's just like Gojo and them are so powerful, but this guy... I don't even know if this guy is that powerful. He might just have good defense techniques. Okay. Or maybe he's just a really good uh, county supervisor. Superintendent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he protects all of these schools, which then makes it even like more fishy. It's like, why does he really want all of these protected? I don't know. I've just got some bad vibes from Tengen. Well, and then it's also like, okay, how nice of a guy can you be when you, you know, have a little girl in a bathtub that you have to erase to keep yourself the way you mm-hmm. are? And why is she the vessel? Did they explain that, or is it just something about uh, she's compatible? Maybe just... I missed something, but it's like there was a search. They found her. They're like, all right, this one's good. Yep. Without his powers, they couldn't maintain security. Every five hundred years, he needs a vessel. So that's a long, that's a pretty long time. I mean, the fact that it's happening right now, like how close is he? That's like, true. Yeah. Is yeah. he a year away? Is he ten years away? He's like, I got to play it safe. I got a decade, but let's go ahead and do it. Like, I, I want to know how close he is. To, but they're doing this to avoid his evolution, and also like, 
if this girl dies, which we see that there's groups trying to do that, is there not another compatible person? Like, is it going to take forever to find another right, one? Right, they've been looking for this girl yeah. for 15 years. Maybe they start the search 20 years out, but now it's been 15 years and they only have five years left. These are all good questions, Chad. And does he even, is he lying? If The fact that he lives so long, how long has he been living? To where he could be manipulating and lying about this whole situation anyways. Right. He could be doing this every 100 years. People would not know. Well, I mean, I guess they have history books. They could write some stuff down. Yeah, but, but like, he could... I mean, think about how long he's been alive. He could be like, oh, that's not... Some of that's not true. Like, I've been doing this. Like... Yeah. Who knows? Right. Like, you I, say, you know, you see him erase a little girl. All right. You have a kid. And you tell him, yeah, he erased this one girl. But then that kid dies... Then they're just gonna be like, he's like, oh, I haven't had a kid for 457 years. I'm like, oh, really? I thought you have now. It's been 457 years. When in reality, it's been 76. Yeah. He's like, give me the kid right now. <laughs> I just hope we're keeping records. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So two gr- two other groups are after this girl. Someone should make a spreadsheet. One is Curse User Group Q. Bad name. Come up with a better. Very name. bad. And they look. Their uniforms are stupid. Or, yes, they're wearing masks that are too tight, definitely restric- restricting their airways, um, and, which is a shame because we're really in a place where we're kind of questioning this Tingen character. So maybe if these guys were a little bit cooler, we'd be like, maybe they yeah. got the right side of it. Right. Yeah, what if this? What if Tingen doesn't even, like his technique, what if he's just straight up lying about his technique? He doesn't even become a higher being. I don't remember hearing about him in season one, so... It could be that he actually legitimately dies. Like, his his thing is, like, 500 years, and then he'll die unless he does this. But he's saying, oh, no, I'll become this high being, and then the whole world will end. You, you need to get this for me. Well, here's the thing, right? Think about this. They say that he protects the schools in the film. We know that Ghetto went after the school. So Tengen wasn't protecting the school very well. Mm. Oh, you think Ghetto ends up forming a little alliance with Tengen? Listen, I don't know. I'm just hearing that this guy's the best, you know, county superintendent around, but yet he did not protect the school the only time I've seen a school be attacked. Hmm. Basically, the, you know, the teacher says, you must succeed in this or society will get wrecked. It's pretty much what he's saying. So this star religious group wants to kill... Okay, what we're hearing Gojo saying right now, oh, they want to kill a brat. Like, who cares? This is just a girl. I mean, there's so many girls in the world. Yeah, they sound like the kooks of the bunch. But the fact that they didn't show us, like, show them being straight up kooky, they might be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And then he says, you know, we are the strongest. That's why Tengen asked for us. He's talking to Ghetto. This is also another thing. Is just like, he's just... Think about this, too. Tengen is relying on two second-year students. Why? I mean, obviously, they're awesome. That's my last note right here, Chad, is it's like... This sounds like a pretty do-or-die situation, and we're just putting these two guys on it. Right. It's like he's having to pick somebody that's naive but really strong, and they're obviously in school. Right. They're pretty naive. They'll just... Whatever you tell them to do, they'll do it. Yep. So I don't know. It's... I also felt like more help should have been involved, but who am I? Yeah, so Ghetto goes up to the hotel door room that they just know where she's at, too. This is all, it's a weird setup situation. I don't know what's going on here. I hope we, we're going to find out more next episode. Well, that, 
That I don't think is as crazy because they made it seem like they already had her in possession and they just okay. Had to that was where they kept her. Yeah, they just had to protect her until they could reunite okay. with Tinian. But right when he rings the door, okay, boom, massive explosion happens, and we see the girl is just flying in the air. How did that happen? So that was also another very confusing. Was part. that from Ghetto? He kind of threw up, so she didn't get. No, I went. If you go back and watch, what happens? If I'm correct, she was nowhere near that room. She was like across town in another skyscraper, <laughs> because then it shows from like Ghetto's point, or maybe Gojo, uh, Gojo's point of view, a red arrow showing her drop. Okay, Ghetto breaks out of a window with that's the other thing he's got like 17 different kind of creatures at his he used octopuses then he had a flying uh mm-hmm. platypus well there was a squid right then he breaks the windows with squid maybe squid. those are the octopuses you were talking that's, about that's what i meant with squid not octopus okay, that's fine that you got that marine animal wrong yeah um and then like he's very far away but then he like manta rays over to her yes manta ray platypus <laughs> that's what it is just flies with a manta ray platypus yeah all, all the meanwhile, Gojo's just like in Central Park chilling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he doesn't care. He's just one. Dude, Ghetto, though, is like, it's pretty crazy how good he actually is. But he's still nothing compared to Gojo. Like, how is Gojo that good? I hope we get a little bit more in that, too. Well, we did get a little something in the film. And what was that in the film? The film was that he was him and, God, I can never remember the other guy's name from the, the kid in the films, like... Yuga, I, I don't remember. Gojo's like a descendant of one of the most powerful okay. sorcerers. And so was the kid in the movie. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You're right. They, they, they were both descendants of... Yeah, that's when Gojo gets several knives thrown at him. But as we all know, they can't hit him. They just stop right when they get close to him. And that's when the Q guy... <laughs> that's him that threw it. Talks about, oh, you must be the famous Gojo. I've heard a lot about you. Gojo says, if you cry and apologize, I won't kill you. That's the rule that I have. Gojo's essentially like LeBron in high school. Yeah. Like, you know. He's LeBron in high school, and you've got, like, uh, who do you have right here? Uh, God, let me think of somebody. Maybe, like, Chad Chart playing defense on him. <laughs> Maybe like a yeah, chat short. You have LeBron his senior year. Uh, ESPN is following him over to Akron, Ohio to cover a, bas- a high school basketball game. And with about two minutes left in the second corner, there's a substitute and 6'2", 125 pound Chaz Chart comes out to guard him. Yeah, that's what it's like. <laughs> and he just says, look... <laughs> If you cry and apologize, I won't duck on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, two people in a high-rise, though, they're watching this, and they're discussing how this religious group just does not have the power to fight jujutsu sorcerers. By the way, the other funny part of that scenario, um, if it plays out the way it did in the show right here, would be that same Chad chart that I'm talking about going up to LeBron before the ball was inbound and being like, ah, here he is. The- <laughs> <laughs> the famous LeBron. The famous LeBron. <laughs> I want to see if you're all if the hype's there. <laughs> Let's see what you got, Buckaroo. 
And you're definitely, you're one of those guys that hikes up their shorts and slaps the floor to defend them. (laughs) But yeah, we go back to these two guys. One says that they pay very well, though. And then another one asks Zenon if he wants in on this assassination. When then he replies, I took my wife's name now. Fushiguru. Yes. Yes. He says, and count me in. As we see, as it pans up, first off, it's Dio's voice actor, Zeke Yeager's voice actor, but it pans up to see that it's Fushiguro's father, and that we've heard about. I know, but from can, season one, can you remember anything about it? We gotta do. We gotta do some homework. Well, remember, remember, Gojo like adopted. Yeah. Uh, Megami. Right. He like adopted him and said he didn't even tell him that he knew his family till later on in the season, I believe. Okay. I'm just trying to remember what all we heard about this guy. In and this makes one. me I wonder if Gojo like fights him and that's how he knows him or if he just knows yeah. that he was a part of this weird thing, but he's going to try to kill this innocent girl too. Cuz what that's was it again? Cuz they talk about the they make a comment on the religious group, like, yeah, I don't know what they're doing, right? No, they say they pay well. Like, they're just trying to assassinate the girl, but they don't have the power to stop. They're like, it's it's useless. Like, they're doing so this. So, he's being hired by the religious group? Yeah, he and then he, the guy says, he goes, do you want to be in on this assassination? Yeah. To Fushiguro's dad. And he goes, well, I'm using a different name, but yeah, count me in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, so cock, by the way, to be like... Yeah. Actually, I'm not called that anymore, but yes. So he's basically being hired right here. No, I get, yeah, I got all that. Okay. I just didn't know if it was being hired by one of the two groups or if well, this is like an independent agency that's also. I can't doing. tell if it's the other group and that, that guy is from the other group. He's like, hey, you want in on this? Or if this is just a random guy. Like, they're both just laughing at these two groups. Like, gotcha. oh, they suck. Okay. And I don't know. I don't right. think it says that. Sounds good. Yep. End of episode. What'd you cool. think about the ending? Love that twist. Love that. I love that twist too. I just like that. I was already kind of on board for the throwback and the Gojo and school stuff, but this was just another way to connect it to what we had already seen and the characters that we got used to. That I appreciated that. And I need <clears throat> I need to refurbish my mind on some of season one too. For sure. Even though this really doesn't have that much to do with season one, there definitely is some stuff that we need to know, but. Yeah, I need to, I need to get my brain right from it. I agree. This is fun. Go check. We're doing reactions. Go check out the reactions on our YouTube. Ronnie and Chad. Follow us at Ronnie and Chad. Um, all as always. Give us corrections on names or whatever if we're driving please, crazy. Please, if I should please. be saying May May, or if we all know that I was right and what Chad was doing over there was absolutely mm, ridiculous. Or can, my my. You can say that May May was very stupid. Um, if it's my my, I'm writing because if it's my my, it should be an A. It should be M A I. Okay. That's how I feel, and I'm going to stick to that. You got anything else? I think that's about it. We'll talk with you next week. I've been Ron. I've been Chatty. Peace. Peace.